Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. I almost forgot to come in at the beginning because this is the first <laughs> episode in quite a long time that Carl and I are recording in the same room. Typically, we record this show remotely, sort of via Skype, not to break the illusion for any of our listeners that don't know that. But, um, but there's one I, series yeah. of episodes we never have done that for, and that is Show and Tell. This is the 24th time we've done a Show and Tell episode, and every single one of those 24 episodes, uh, counting this one, has been recorded in the same room. It's just kind of a fun energy where we go back and forth and try to impress the other person by playing some music that hopefully they haven't heard before, right. trying to one-up the other. Uh, it's just not something that would be quite the same to do it on Skype, you know? Well, and some of you that have been listening to the show for a long time might have noticed that these Show and Tell episodes have kind of happened in, you know decreasing amounts or yeah. just with less frequency in the past few years which is because you know Carl and I have been living in different cities but that's actually about to change in a few months here yeah, coming up so be maybe we'll, we'll start uh doing more of these episodes so hopefully that's something you guys can look forward to i look forward to that that's very exciting and you know will's back here for easter weekend so we were able to record and actually uh this is one of the latest uh we've we've gone as far as recording to posting uh we're actually recording this on saturday and it's going to be going up tomorrow night so that's definitely going to be a tight turnaround but we we thought it was worth it for these show and tell episodes it's been it's been far too long i honestly can't remember the last one we did was it in the winter or the fall maybe it was the one we did in here when carlos was sitting in the room silently ah yeah i think that that? was like december maybe so i guess it wasn't that long ago yeah Um, it wasn't that that long ago a very different experience for me preparing the playlist without carlos being there (laughs) um but i actually honestly man i gotta say i had a pretty easy time picking music that's not the case week. usually That's for you. not always the case, but there was just a lot of really cool things that I was stumbling upon. For sure. Dude, it, I had the same experience. I mean, I am so excited to, to get to my picks. I mean, I discovered... It was actually kind of embarrassing how much I, I had and I had to whittle it down. I don't even remember how many tracks I had. I think I had like at one point like 20 and I had to whittle down to... We're each doing nine tracks each, so a total of 18 today. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. I, I will say up top... My stuff is very obscure for the most part. Like cool. I went very obscure, very Japanese. So, <laughs> well, great. Just get ready for that, I guess. Yeah, let me see. Yeah, I have two non-Japanese tracks I um, have on my playlist. One. But other than that, I only have one actually. But it's my track of the week choice. So, ooh, okay. So, all right. Uh, let, let's get into it. We got some great music to talk about. What you're hearing right now. This is my first pick of the day. It's called Nightwalker from Under Night in Birth is the name of the game. And this is composed by Raito is the the alias of this artist. What do you think about this track? I really like it. I like how at the end of each held melodic note, it kind of does a slight portamento fall, but like it's also doubled with piano. So you kind of have the clarity of the attack with a cool hybrid sound synth sound in that Very opening video gamey kind of you know i guess modern japanese game music where it's still melodic and catchy and kind of has these jazz fusion elements but yeah. just kind of interesting production element to take it beyond maybe some i guess cliches well yeah i also love the opening chord progression uh that art that really fast arpeggiated piano progression is very beautiful very classical and the fact that it you know comes together with this edm arrangement um it's it's definitely something you only hear in japanese video yeah, game music we- 
I'm curious. Uh, I, I'm. Gonna, I feel like I'm going to ask you a lot of questions today. Okay. Um, but I, I just want to see how well you know me. For whatever reason, this track reminds me of something from a certain game. Do you think you can guess what game I'm thinking of? Well, it reminds me a little bit of Near. Um, okay, it's not Near. The progression kind of reminded me of that Grandma track. Let's see. What else would this maybe remind you of? I think I've mentioned this specific thing before as like something that it reminds me of. It's something that I don't think a lot of people would point to, but it's something that I think you and I would have maybe some. I think I'm drawing a blank. I don't know what (laughs) the uh, title music to Sonic Mega Collection. Oh my gosh. Never what I would think of. Oh, you know, it has kind of piano doubled with and very similar kind of uh, freely modulating major seventh chords. I think have we played any mega? I think we played one thing. We played that that kind of main track. There's not a lot of other music other than kind of just the menu nor music. should there be really yeah <laughs> you're just playing the old sonic games that i'm excited to uh get into today's episode i think it'll be pretty fun let's do it so we're gonna move on to will's first pick of the day what do you got man so i'm gonna be playing something from a game that we've only ever featured once years ago on a Mercado radio Ooh. Um, this game is a japanese nes title called uh shojin sentai Jetman. Oh, yes. And it's just yeah, this an is incredibly good. stellar kind of, I think, underrated sort of NES classic. There are so many high energy, really interesting kind of progressive tracks. It's a it's mm-hmm. a very rich game in terms of the soundtrack. There are, um, There's lots of music, frankly. And I had a tough time actually whittling it down to what I was going to play because um, it's all of like a similar quality. Right. Um, so I'm actually going to be, you know, playing in with this and I'm going to be playing out with another oh, great. track uh, later on. But I wanted to uh, showcase the first area theme in the game. This is called Area A from Chojin Sentai Jetman composed by Hiroyuki Iwatsuki Taro. Let's Oof. take a listen. All right. from Chojin Sentai Jetman, composed by Hiroyuki Iwatsuki Taru. I didn't mention that this is a Konami game. Oh, um, yeah, you can hear it. (laughs) I I was listening to a lot of NES Konami soundtracks, a lot of, like, Japanese-only stuff that I um, had never really heard before. 
Um, and there's there's definitely a distinct Konami sound. I guess if uh, I think oftentimes people compare like the Konami sound team to the Capcom sound team. And in general, I would say that in a lot of the music I listen to, the Konami sound team seem to be more focused with doing kind of like badass shredding, more authentic kind of guitar-driven right. rock music. There's a lot more kind of power chords, parallel fourths and fifths, and a, a little bit less of an emphasis on melodic clarity than I think you get with sort of the stereotypical Capcom sound. But what I loved about this game is it felt like a perfect balance of both of those elements. Like, musically in terms of the chord progression and especially the bass movement at the outset of this track really reminded me of like Mega Man um, particularly like a Takashi Tateishi thing and I was even reminded of a track that Marty did on uh, Robo Girl I actually okay. sent this soundtrack to him because I, I thought that he would kind of enjoy it or get a kick out of it it sounds but classic it also has that element of the implementation and kind of just the energy of it that it's a little bit more rough and carefree and just it seems to be about the rhythms necessarily more than the um the melody in some sense i would totally agree it just sounds classic like i don't know if i've heard this particular track before the name sounded familiar and i know i've checked it out and played something like you said right there was right. one thing that yeah, was we played. did like area um, d or something right uh but immediately upon starting this one up it just feels classic yeah and it feels it? familiar and that's a really good compliment. And that's why, Carl, I, I really recommend just putting this on in the background because it'll feel so... It's that kind of thing, you know, we've digested so much video game music of this era. It's hard to discover anything new. But what I so enjoyed about it is that that's really what this experience felt like to mm -hmm. me where it's like, wow, there's this whole soundtrack of just classic with a capital C. That you don't you know. know old school NES music and it kind of does everything you'd want it to do you know I don't mean to say that it's predictable but you know if you're really familiar with a lot of you know music from the 80s and it 90s feels classic yeah it's kind of it does everything that you'd want it to do what a great way to start off the episode we're starting the episode with a lot of energy I'm liking it uh, we're going to continue that uh, this is another very energetic pick that I brought in this is my second of the day um, it's another very Japanesey piece of music this comes from Imperial Saga and the way that they brand that title is capital S, lowercase a, capital G, lowercase a, Saga. And this is called Battle Heroes. And it's composed by Kenji Ito, who's quite a prolific video game composer. The first work he did was uh, way back in 1990 on Final Fantasy Legend 2. He also did Final Fantasy Adventure. Um, he did a couple games in the Mana series, such as Sword of Mana. And he's done a lot of other great work since then. Great composer. Let's take a listen to Battle Heroes from Imperial Saga.
You guys are listening to Battle Heroes from Imperial Saga, composed by Kenji Ito. This is such a Japanese track. Um, it's it's very cheesy and groovy, and this weird fusion of so many different genres and sounds and instruments. There's a soprano sax at one point doing a really cheesy solo. You have some kind of mariachi brass. You have, again, EDM-style synths and drums, and it's just all over the place, but I love everything about it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. This is definitely... Uh, I think the music that we bring in on these episodes somewhat reflects you and I and our sensibilities. For sure. And when I think about the kind of music that I have on my playlist, I mm-hmm. feel the same sort of, not insecurity, but a little bit of like, oh, this is... Very this is all will music. In the way that, like, when we have an original showcase episode, you'll have mm-hmm. some really groovy, improvisatory track that's, like, you know, seven minutes and it doesn't ever really repeat. Right. And then I have some, like, very simple kind of classical tune mm-hmm. thing or, yeah, some, like, orchestral thing. It's just a completely different style. It's very different. Style. I will and say at least one or maybe two of my tracks are more Will-esque. So don't worry. This isn't all a funk fast here <laughs> yeah i'm i'm usually i try to pick a lot of stuff that i think you'll like i mean i think you will like a lot of this stuff but there's not really any kind of stereotypical mm. carl submissions gotcha. on my playlist today. well all Maybe right that was an oversight let's go back to but you what i do you, think what you you're gonna next? like what i've got next for a different reason um Carl, have you ever heard of the Japanese game Kaeru no Tame ni Kane wa Naru? One of my favorites. It translates to For Whom the Frog Bell Tolls. Duh. I, I, why, why did you assume <laughs> I needed the translation? So this is a Game Boy game. And again, I just I kind of like asking you these questions because normally you ask me questions. So sort of flipping the script. Who is a composer that I'm a big fan of, you know, one of my favorite video game composers that you imagine I would probably do some exploring to find some deep cuts because I really like this person? Koji Kondo. Other than him. Yasunori Mitsuda. Um, Let's see. Who would I put, like, maybe right below Koji? Right below Koji. If it's not Yasunori Mitsuda, Yoko Shimomura. Um, I did do some looking into Yoko hmm. stuff. Who Who's another Nintendo be? person that I'm really... Kazumi Tataka. Yeah, exactly. And the reason why this track is interesting, this is a Japanese-only game. Um, it came out on the Game Boy. Kazumi Tataka, the sole composer, and I think you'll find it interesting that this melody was reused in Link's Awakening. Holy this moly. game came out first, and this is the same uh, melody, if you're familiar with the track Richard's Villa. Yeah. It's the it's the same melody. This wow. is a very different arrangement, but to me what that shows is that definitely Kazumi Tataka did that arrangement of Richard's Villa and right. had the idea of putting that or reusing that track sure. in the style of that piece is so similar to the style of a lot of the other music. Yeah, that game is credited to Minako Hamano in Kozue Ishikawa and it's always been thought that he just did the you know, Kazumi Tataka did sound effects but I really suspect and we'll listen to this track and we'll, we can talk about it after mm-hmm. that he did some compositional work on that game. At the very least this track called Prince's Adventure from For Whom the Frog Bell Tolls. (laughs) 
Well, this is a delightful arrangement. I this is so cool. And this actually came first, if you can believe it or not. It makes this sense. This game came out in 1992. For who the frog bell tolls. Yeah. <laughs> um, this track is called Prince's Adventure, and it was composed by Kazumi Tataka. And this is wonderful. Gosh, he's just one of my favorites. I mean, he's such a quirky composer, and he's very diverse in his output in the types of things that he's experimented on but yeah he has such a rich beautiful sense of melody and harmony very rich jazz harmony what i love about this track it's almost uh it's very like filmic in the kind of harmonic language it reminds me a little bit of film music and everything and just rhythmically and everything i never even made that connection about richard's villa what actually happened is i saw there were a lot of covers of this track and i'm like really for such an obscure game why would people have done these remixes because and then i saw killer. people would say prince's adventure and then like in parentheses like richard's villa oh from, wow like people just call it the same thing and so i mean it makes sense there's history of composers kind of reusing melodies and uh, doing a similar thing on uh multiple titles that they're working on but i just thought that's interesting because you know mm. he's specifically not credited for composing on link's awakening but I think now I know that that's actually mm -hmm. not true. At because, least for I mean, one piece of music. At least for yeah. this one. And also, oh, another thing I wanted to mention. If you listen to this soundtrack, that... Yeah, da, 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 Sounds da, like da. Mabe's Village. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. There's a track that starts almost identically to the Mabe Village. And there's a I, lot of kind of overlap with I mean, I know stuff. this this happens a lot and we speculate and then it turns out that we're wrong. But listening to Mabe Village, it's just it would make so much sense that that's a Kazumi Tataka composition. Not saying that someone else couldn't have composed right. it, but wouldn't that just make sense? Yeah, and the only pieces that I've ever heard specific crediting about um, are the arrangements of kind of Koji stuff. Like the overworld right. theme I know was written by Kozue Ishikawa, um, or at least that arrangement was created by right. him. And I know that Monaco Hamano was involved, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's a soundtrack I'm... Very curious and, and fascinated about, but I just thought it cool. would be interesting because it's a lovely piece and also it's interesting food for thought about one of our favorite um, Game Boy soundtracks. Very much so. Nice job, man. That's a cool little discovery there. All right. I'm going to go to another Japanese track. This is from Tokimeki Memorial, which is the first game in a pretty popular series of dating simulator games. Uh -oh. And this was released for a lot of different platforms. Uh, I believe the Super Nintendo. Uh, the Turbo Graphics was, I think, the first original release. And that's what I'm going to play music from, from this Turbo Graphics release. And this one was composed by Mikio Saito, as well as Saiya Murai. And uh, I listened to this whole thing, and there's a lot of really great music, very plucky and happy and romantic and, and kind of um, schmaltzy music, but just a lot of fun. This one was probably my favorite. It's called Waiting for You at the Intersection. Very short, very sweet. Let's take a listen.
And there you have it. It's in, it's out, it Delightful. does what it needs to do in about 38 seconds. This is Waiting for You at the Intersection from Tokimeki Memorial. This is composed by Nikio Saito and Saya Morai. This is for the TurboGrafx-16, as you can hear here. Um, this is perfect. It's just a really succinct, perfect piece of music. Very, very catchy. Incredibly rhythmic and very exciting and kind of this pop Latin 80s sound um, with syncopated rhythms and when the harmony comes in, it just feels really good. I love that that bridge section. Actually, reminds me a lot of like '90s film score. Mm. Uh, there's kind of this element of, I don't know, just like uh, classical meets like modern 20th century sound. This part here, um, yeah, it, I don't know. It's just really good writing, and something about hearing it on the Turbo Graphics, like for me, it makes it more charming because um, it, it's just a cute sound. I mean, the Turbo Graphics just has like a very pleasing plucky uh retro you know nostalgic sound and the composition is capitalizing on that i think for whatever reason this felt like to me like if you combined uh yoko shimamura soyo oka and some of the composers from like sonic 3 like the sound of huh. angel island zone or the special stage um interesting because that 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 b section that you said sounded like film music for whatever reason mm-hmm. made me think of like soyo oka but then that the kind of harmonizing third stuff reminded me of like super mario rpg cool and i don't know yeah it was very delightful yeah it's a great soundtrack i definitely have looked into it before i'm was more familiar with the super nintendo version and the music on that version, none of it I recognize when I listen to this TurboGrafx version. So I don't know if it's an entirely different soundtrack, but it's just really, really quality. And there's definitely other tracks that I want to go back to um, for either Mercado Radios or other show and tells. But yeah, really great, really great stuff. All right, back to you, man. Well, I'm I'm actually not sure. I haven't checked up on this, but this might be a historic moment on our podcast. Because Carl, have we ever played a Virtual Boy track on our show before oh man what are some of the more popular virtual boy games well there's really like only i don't know there's like a handful there's like 12 games that ever came out for the virtual boy what's the most popular one mario clash there was like no. a mario tennis game no nope. there was a version of wario land that kazumi nope. tataka did no i don't believe we for. have i don't believe we played anything and this is considered to be the um I've heard it's considered to be maybe one of the better titles on the Virtual Boy. Have you ever heard of this game? It's called Jack Brothers. No. Well, I'm excited to share it with you because it has a really interesting uh, soundtrack. And also, I think you'll just find the sound of the Virtual Boy to be kind of a little bit unlike um, other game systems that you've heard before. This game came out in 1995, and it was Hmm. composed by Hiro by Hiroyuki Yonada. Let's take a listen to the track Temple of Nightmare from Jack Brothers.
Temple of Nightmare from Jack Bros, composed by Hiroyuki Yanada. My kind of nightmares, man. Yeah, isn't this great? This is I really cool. The, the, the lead instrument's out of tune, which is weird. Um, but uh, it's yeah, it's very endearing. What does the sound of this chip remind me of? It's kind of Turbo Graphics esque. Well, um, I think it uses like uh, wavetable. Yeah, uh, it's definitely wavetable, just like the Game Boy. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's slightly different sounding from the it's, Game it's Boy. It's cool. Yeah, this is a cool track. I like how fusiony it is. It's yeah, just very expressive. Great? My favorite part was when those major seventh chords came in on the left. It was like more extended, um, like kind of at least three part harmony, which is it yeah. Re- there's a lot it of reminds channels me here of a, of a, a Sega of a Sega game soundtrack, like an old either Master System arcade or like early Genesis. Pretty funky bass thing. part on this. The only yeah. thing is that I wish I could have heard hear this with an instrument that has more low end. Like sure. it's kind of funny, like the quote unquote bass setting is it's like very it's trebly, like very yeah. trebly, but the part itself is very well, funky. It's funny you mentioned intonation because there was actually a track that I had on my playlist that I ended up cutting because the intonation problems were so bad. And it was a real shame. It was a cool track. It was from a Game Boy Color game, Poppin' Music GB. Oh, I think I have looked um, into that, yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, the tracks in that game are kind of like digitized 8-bit versions yeah. of songs that were in other Poppin' Music games, but this was something called Texas Gunman, mm-hmm. which I believe was first made for this Game Boy title and then used in subsequent right. uh, Poppin' Music games and it was a really cool track but yeah that um the bass which was being done by this sort of wavetable sawtooth sound was so detuned from everything else that mm. it just made it kind of unpleasant to listen it's too to. bad it's unfortunate cool well i'm excited to play uh one of my more modern picks today and this is for, it's so modern that it hasn't even come out yet <laughs> this is for a game that has yet to be released uh, it's coming out for the Switch, and I'm very excited for this release. This is Project Octopath Traveler. We've played, I think, one track from this uh, on the podcast, and it really blew me away. What's nice is we now have the confirmation of who's composing this game. It's being composed by Yasunori Nishiki. And what I'm going to uh, play today is a piece of music called Primrose's Theme. I think this is very beautiful. I was really impressed with this, and I was super excited to take dibs on this for show and tell. So let's take a listen to Primrose's theme. Killer melody. Oh my god, I love this. You guys are listening to Primrose's theme from Project Octopath Traveler, which is a Switch game that will be released this year. This is composed by little-known composer Yasunori Nishiki. 
Uh, I'm definitely not familiar with this composer. There's definitely some, some crediting he has. I'm on uh, VGMDB right now. I'm seeing some stuff. I'm looking at stuff from pop and music series. Uh, looks like this game called Monster Retsuidin. Let's see. Another game looks like that he worked on is called Endride. Um, and it looks like he was a... It says programmer for the Gravity Rush 2 soundtrack. So it looks like he might be someone who is has done some arrangement and even some programming work uh, for for you know, different video games. But yeah, he's not a household name. And from what I've heard so far, this guy has chops. I mean, this is just a really well composed melody to start with. I think all the arrangement choices and the recording of it is just so pleasing. That bass tone, particularly, I just was just very pleasing. It was subtle and it sit in the mix really well. And again, it reminded me of classic square like SNES stuff where you have this kind of more classical ancient sound but you have an electric bass in there too and so the the combination of like modern and old with the violin and the bass is just a really video it's just a classic video game sound and yeah I just I just thought this was a phenomenal track yeah absolutely it was really beautiful I'm excited for that game and that soundtrack I think it's going to be super fun I really enjoyed that melody when it when it did the key change. Mm-hmm. That's always a moment when uh, it kind of elevates the emotions that was that were originally established with the first pass of the melody, and then you know you you have the key change, and it's like if the melody is working for you, that's a moment when it's like okay, yes, I'm all on board for this, and I'm I'm ready to see where this journey takes me. All right, back to Willboy. Well, Carl mentioned earlier my uh, kind of obsessive love of Koji Kondo. As fun <laughs> fact, I actually had a dream a couple nights ago that I not only met Koji Kondo, but I worked for him at a pizza restaurant. He was like the manager of it. Well, you have worked at a pizza restaurant, so that part makes sense. Yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, we had a really, I started, my, I woke up when I started asking him questions about what tracks he'd written. Um, but, and he was pissed at you. Was no, like, it was kind trying of a to make thing pizza, where man. I asked like, who wrote this? And then he said sort of like, who do you think? <laughs> I imagine that's not how he would be in real life, but it was just wonderful. Anyways, you may have remembered, like, I think it was a couple years ago in my never-ending quest to sort of discover every single Koji Kondo piece that's ever been written, I started exploring some of the music to the GameCube title uh, Zelda Four Swords Adventures. And what's interesting is Kondo is credited with composition on this title, not Mm -hmm. sound direction. And um, there are so many games that reuse a lot of his melodies that he doesn't get like recredited for mm-hmm. that. And there's very little new music in the game. The other cre- the other composer credited is Asuka Oda. Um, I, I shared that track, I think it was called Maiden Freed a number of years mm-hmm. ago. And since then, Marty has actually been kind of assembling this kind of masterpiece list of every, you know, Koji Kondo piece. And I was listening through to like a draft that he had of sort mm-hmm. of the later years of Koji Kondo, like Super Mario Sunshine on. And in addition to that Maiden Freed track, when he got to Four Swords Adventures, he played this theme that I forgot about, which is a new house theme. And it's it's just great. It's very classic video game music. Hmm. It's very simple, but it has this B section that I swear could be written by no one other than Kondo. It's very Ocarina of Time-esque. I think you're really going to enjoy this. Let's take a listen to House from Zelda Four Swords Adventures. Thank you. 
is classic. I will give it to you. Oh, it's so beautiful. We're listening to House from Zelda Four Swords Adventures. In that B section, I've honestly been really obsessed with this lately, and just the voicings are so subtle and beautiful, and kind of when he goes to sort of like the third in the bass, and a lot of these open-voiced chords, this kind of moment where you might expect another composer to just do sort of a simple, you know, uh, 4-3 suspension. He right. kind of does these planing, shifting chords, and it's it's so gorgeous. And then he well, has you know, that little, like, flat 2 moment that's sort of a common thing in a lot of Koji Kondo, like that tritone substitution. Well, it kind of reminds me of, like, a piece that might have been left over from Ocarina of Time, you know? Right. It kind of feels like a leftover. Also, what's funny is that the instruments here, it sounds like exactly N64, the doesn't thing, it? Though, is, to me, it sounds so much better than, like, the sound of Wind Waker. You know, because Wind Waker, really? I guess it has slightly more modern instruments than the N64, but it's in that really uncanny space where a lot of it just sounds like general MIDI. Where what I like about this, this sounds like Ocarina and Majora's Mask, which has a slightly more pleasant, whimsical uh, color to it. Like it's just more, you can use your imagination with it better. Where not every track in Wind Waker, but there's just a lot of stuff where I feel like the implementation is kind of underwhelming. And it's interesting, this game actually came out after Wind Waker. That is interesting. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll never know some of this crediting stuff. I mean, there's been so many times that we've been wrong as far as, like, you know, even as recently as the new Donk City when, you know, I think I heard you say, not to make fun of you too much, but this has to be Koji Kondo, and then we find out eventually it's not. So it is hard to say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all the all the evidence points to this being a Koji track. It really sounds like that. And based on what we know, uh, there's there's a good chance that it probably is. That's cool. I've actually never heard that before, so that's that's a nice discovery. See, it really seems like a classic Zelda house theme. Yeah, I love it. Okay, I'm excited to go to a track from this game. I would love to do a spotlight on the soundtrack at some point. It's very obscure, and I believe it was only released in Japan for the Super Famicom. But it just is a wonderful SNES RPG orchestral soundtrack. There's just so many great melodies in here. And the implementation, the composition is just really, really good. This is a game called Tengai Makio Zero. And the composer of the bulk of this score is a gentleman by the name of Toshiyuki Sasagawa. And there's a couple tracks that were actually composed by Kohei Tanaka oh, uh, back in the day. So he was brought on to, to do just a couple. And then there might be an additional composer who did a handful but yeah most of the score is composed by Sasagawa who did an amazing job and I would love to have a spotlight on this at some point but in any case let's take a listen to uh, one of my favorites this is Infernal Army Corps
You guys are listening to Infernal Army Corps from Tengai Makio Zero for the Super Famicom. This was composed by Toshiyuki Sasagawa, who is a name that I definitely looked into after hearing his work on this, and he did some other great stuff too, but this is probably the biggest thing he did as far as the number of uh, pieces. It's just, it's a behemoth soundtrack. I'm not sure um, if this game was successful in Japan or not, but I can definitely tell you that it had a massive soundtrack that was really top tier. So I, I don't know. I just I really enjoyed um, listening to this this whole soundtrack, and I was just blown away by the amount of great music and the detail that was given to to every piece that I listened to. Yeah, this is what a beautiful track. And what are your thoughts on this? Doesn't sound like a lot of other music that I've heard. There's a lot of kind of interesting things happening harmonically, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, the melody feels very classic, I guess, and has sort of like a slightly Spanish, da-da-da, yep. you know, it's that very little classic ornamentation. Yeah. Feels like sort of a trope that's been but used in But there's much more exploration in this piece than right. there typically would be if it was just like a, a, a classic battle track. And it does use that sort of gallop rhythm, even mm-hmm. if it's not necessarily like a driving bass rhythm. That tambourine kind of has the. I just like the combination of like kind of rock pop video game mixed with there's some orchestral, some film score flourish in here. You know, it's it's a very different change of pace from recently we recorded that Secret of Mana episode, listening to Kikuda's music. It's definitely a totally different take on Super Nintendo orchestral music, right? It's, uh, it's it's very unique. Yeah, I was really impressed by that, so I'll probably want to revisit that at some point in the future. All right, back to you. Man, that was awesome, dude. Thanks. Well, I'm going to actually be moving on to my pick for track of the week. Uh-oh. And I'm going to be playing two pieces of music from this game. Uh, it's a wonderful, uh, short, very brief little NES soundtrack from the late 80s. So it's kind of an early NES game. It's created by HAL Laboratories, the studio that designed Kirby. Is they were, I think, sort oh, yeah. of like an offshoot of Nintendo. Um, but the game is called Air Fortress. And it Sounds has familiar. one of my, honestly, one of my favorite video game like title screens that I've heard in a really long time. Wow. It's very classical. It's very elegant. And it sounds a lot like film music. But I just think it has such an outstanding melody. I, I had to play it. Um, Who's the composer? Choose it as track of the week. Um, a Japanese composer, this first name just, I... I don't know how to pronounce it, and it does not look like a Japanese name. It's it all numbers. It looks like Escaper, but I think it's pronounced Escaper Kanaguchi. Maybe it's mm. a French name, Escape Kanaguchi. Oh, Escaper. Escaper. I love Escaper's work. But I don't want to belittle this person because it's incredible music, and I think you're really going to like it, Carl. Let's take a listen to the title theme from Air Fortress.
God, I just love that. That's the title <laughs> so theme good. from Air Fortress. Yeah, it's that's so fantastic. That's the best track so far today, for sure. Yeah, it's such an outstanding melody, and it's, it's like just perfect. It really should be considered to be an NES classic, but I've never heard of it, and I don't really even know that game it's super such a well. Shame. It's an early one. I Man, mean, I don't want to say great. this because I I respect you know so many video games, but this seems like it was almost wasted on this game. It's such an amazing melody that, right. like you said, should be known all over the world. You know, this is so impressive and so challenging. To make a piece of music on the NES that feels this rousing and gets me this excited, like the snare drum part on the noise channel, very difficult to implement that. It sounds really good. Something about this track, it really comes alive and it kind of transcends the the harsh limitations that the NES right. has. You but just without hear being flashy, rousing march. You know, I mean, it's still such an early NES track. It's very simple in terms of its approach. There's not crazy arpeggiation and all yep. this busyness, but it's just really elegant writing. It's almost like how I feel about some Sugiyama stuff where it's like, you can yeah. tell he was like writing it out at the piano. I have a feeling that this uh, Escaper Kanaguchi is, has some classical chops because just this writing sure. is so fantastic. Fantastic. Something that um, you'll hear in the next track that I'm playing more, but very interesting approach to the NES. This track starts off with, you know, triangle bass and the two squares doing melody and harmony. Yep. But for most of the track, the triangle is actually the middle voice. Yeah, I've noticed with that. With the square as the bass. And that's even more helps. present in the next track. But it's such a cool sound mm-hmm. in terms of the sonority. It makes it sound like you have a very distinct difference between melody and counter melody. Which is great. Which is like uh, that kind of sense of polyphony that just I don't feel happens all the time in that way on... Um, well, it's also it's music. just a very novel and unique approach to those different channels that doesn't really happen with a lot of other composers. Right, so. and I also think it's like it was such an early title. There wasn't like a huge there wasn't this repertoire. Textbook. Yeah, of, it wasn't yeah. like this is how you write NES music. Right. It's like good luck. It was more experimental. It it's like a more innocent approach to the tools. I think. Man, that's good. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to beat that. I I personally think that I can be that with this one. I adore this piece of music and I'm really excited because I have been playing this game so much. So me and my girlfriend have been playing this game for the Switch. I don't know if anyone else listening has been playing this game Overcooked. Have you heard of this game, Will? Mm-hmm. It's really fun and I really recommend you you Is get it. Is it like a downloadable you, game? You and Emma should play it. It's a great co-op game. It's yep, it's on the shop channel. And it's basically a game where uh, I recommend playing in co-op and you're two chefs and you basically have to prepare meals as quickly as possible. And the timer's counting down and there's dishes that come up and the people, there's a bar that goes fun. down so the people eventually will get angry and you'll miss their orders. And you basically have to make, whether it's burgers or pizza or soup or whatever. You know, you're going to laugh at me, but there was fun. like an online like flash spongebob game that was mm. a very similar thing that i know if i was you kind liked of obsessed that, with when I was you will adore it game it's, it's very addicting very fun very challenging and the music's incredible cool. and the, the best piece of music is the main theme which plays as soon as you start the game up and it's composed by christian marsak um and it's just very very beautiful it's it's tragic it's this classical waltz it's one of the best pieces of video game music i've heard in a long time and i've been listening to this hundreds of times and I still love it there was a time when we had it on pause and we were like making dinner and it was just on while we were making dinner for about 30-40 minutes and just looping and it was just the best so uh, this track means a lot to me lately let's take a listen to my choice for track of the week the main theme from Overcooked (laughs) 
guys are listening to the main theme from Overcooked. This is composed by Christian Marsak, and I don't believe I mentioned this, but this game uses only licensed music, and so this is just a composer who is on one of those library websites where his music is free to buy and to use for commercials, oh, wow. shows, and games. This is one of the tracks they chose. Um, the stage music's also really good. Every piece of music is probably by a different composer. Wow. Um, and this is a case where that was the perfect choice for this game because the music is surprisingly cohesive in the game, and they chose great music, and it fits so well. Uh, it, it, this, this, I will say it's an example where this is music that almost doesn't even deserve to be this good because the game is very fun and kind of cartoony, and the, this music uh-huh. makes you feel like you're almost going to cry. It's just so beautiful. Will, what do you think about this track? I love it. I love the sound. Uh, the, the chord language is very basic, almost like sort of rock ish harmony i mean it has mm-hmm. a little bit of that like french chromatic folk harmony sure but it's not like a jazz approach to it in the way that something like autumn leaves is it almost reminds me of like uh yeah it really reminds me of this one fastball song falling mm. upstairs you know oh, yeah, that i know song? that one yeah um uh but it, it's so gorgeous and i love the choice of the harmonica for the melody mm-hmm. it gives it a very salt of the earth feel to it and adds to there's an element of tragedy very in the melody too. that it just makes it so much more sympathetic and the acoustic guitar is a great uh, juxtaposition are you that. familiar with john williams score uh, it's called the sugarland express yeah. it's to the first steven spielberg movie For and sure. it features this great harmonica player who actually died a couple of years ago his name was uh, toots thalman and he mm-hmm. played on all kinds of great film scores this sort of reminded me of that a little well, bit well what do you think about this i have an idea for a new method of duking it out would you be open or do you want to stick to the tried and true i think we should try to do scissors? it because i have a little bit of a vendetta because <laughs> there was a time. time before where i wanted to do that and you wouldn't let me do that mm. you know we, we we had to duke it out and i do really like my track i i want to go to bat for it all right i think last last time also we didn't do that because didn't carlos just vote Remember? Oh, God! Didn't he just vote for the... Or we did it, but then it didn't matter, right? Because Carlos vetoed it or something. We'll have to go back. We'll check the audio. I check think the records. we did the... Yeah, I don't remember. I definitely remember Carl... I definitely remember that Carlos voted for you. Yes, it was a Jake Kaufman, I believe. So you can't really go wrong with that. Okay, yeah. let me just get in the zone for a second before we do this Rock, Paper, Scissors. Because I usually always lose... So I want to just You say visualize. that. I swear to God, if you look at it, it's like even. You win some, I win some. <laughs> Can somebody go back and check? Because I feel like it's like 80% will victories. All right. Okay. I think I'm ready. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Best two out of three. <sighs> Is it? Is yeah, it? Yeah, that's what we always do. I got rock, will got scissors. Okay. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, so Will got paper, I got rock. This is the deciding battle. This is battle. so contentious. This is great radio. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah. Hold on, I gotta look in your eyes. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> Two favorites. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I got scissors, Will got paper, I won this battle i was not expecting that dang i think it takes a little mental preparation just to get in the zone yeah i mean it's it is sort of a game of um i don't know i'm reaching out my hand to to shake wills but he's a little too far away so will 
and nor would Shake. I accept it if I were close enough. Okay, so the track of the week this week is main theme from Overcooked, but definitely check out um, whatever crap Will's pit brought. No, I'm just I think kidding. it deserves to kidding. be track of the week. That was lovely. I want to give that composer absolutely you know, a little bit of a shout out. But it's you know, tough I don't know. Today. I just tough. I guess I just prefer music that was actually written for video games. But maybe that's just me. <laughs> Yeah, that is a little bit unfair. I'll give you it. But either way, it's great music. Great music's great music. All right, what do you got next? I'm just joshing. I'm going to play another track from Air Fortress to kind of sulk over my right. loss. Um, I played the title theme, and I'm going to play the staff role. Sounds like I might be omitting a lot, but there's like nah. only two stage themes and some <laughs> transitional music. Okay. So it's, very, it's a very short score. You didn't miss much. But this staff role is also outstanding. Again, it's the composer Escaper Kanaguchi. And if you know the proper pronunciation, of that name it's pronounced e-s-c-a-p-r it's like escape do you mean not pronounced um, but yeah escaper oh, yeah if you know how to pronounce that better i'm curious to know but this is from the game air fortress let's take a listen to the staff roll I mean, this, this is three-voice music, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's so impressive, so the did writing. You, did you look into his other stuff at all? I haven't really had a chance, but I've never heard the name before, so I'm very curious to do that. The soundtrack is very short, and, I mean, he's probably someone who worked for Hal, so I'm... But I haven't heard the name either. Yeah, I'm... Hmm very curious but i just love everything about that piece i mean there's some really interesting kind of really sumptuous dissonances that happen just with those three voices and again isn't it so neat having the triangle in the middle yeah having the triangle in the middle it sort of obscures the fact that it's these open voiced chords i love it and it just it makes it sound really full and rich and I'm just surprised that that sounds as good as it it does. Like there's yeah. a good balance. Typically, the triangle in the high register tends to overpower the squares yeah, unless about they're really loud too. The sound of this game it's very fresh and very unique. Like the the noise channel writing is just effective and it just works really well for for the pieces. But it's not rhythms that you typically hear a lot an implementation that you typically hear a lot on the NES. So yeah, very unique approach to that system. It's just really want to check that voice composer leading, out more. Like the bass parts and the writing with all the inner voices is always very chromatic and interesting. Yeah, this guy knows his stuff. And Do you know, I, I feel like Escaper might just maybe be like a moniker for his first name. It's yeah, possible. I don't know. I don't know if Escaper would be pronounced any other way, but either way, really good stuff, man. All right, I'm really excited for this. I think you're going to like this a lot, Will. This is really good. This is from another Japanese game. This is more of a modern game here. 
Um, let's see if I can get this right. It's called, the name of this album is called Marumasa, The Demon Blade. And this is um, an arranged version of this of this music. So basically more real players. Uh, I listened to the original. It's, it's just basically the same great track, but this one has even more real performance, so it's even better. This, this track is called Scattering Petals, and it was composed by Yoshimi Kudo. Let's take a listen. just said he thinks this should have been track of the week you know i really thought about it i will say this is the most fun track i have today i I enjoy listening to this more than anything else um i just felt like i had a better story and maybe a more personal connection with that overcooked uh track and i really wanted to show it to you but this is just so badass i mean it's very fusion and jazz and funk and traditional japanese rolled into one it's kind of adhd i will say it's um it kind of every measure is kind of something new and it's kind of hard to get into a groove for too long but there's just so many solid ideas here that could each one of those ideas could be explored for its own song but it's yeah it's it's super impressive this is scattering petals from Morumasa the Demon Blade arranged version yeah just delightful what do you wonderful think? playing really interesting track with a lot of influences it sounds like something that i would expect like i don't know berkeley college students or graduates to, to yeah. do something just like really creative. It feels very American. Lots of like, yeah. Well, I don't know. well, let me, let me be clear. So the instrument choice, obviously you have some of those traditional Japanese instruments, but the, the composition and as far as like the weird meter stuff and the syncopation reminds me of a band like nowhere, you know, like, like kind right. of American. That, and that's what I'm saying. It sounds like stuff. a lot of kind of like young, Mm-hmm. very educated you know classical and jazz musicians that like have this high level of playing and doing yeah. really creative technical music that combines lots of different but hearing it with those styles. traditional you know eastern instruments is a real trip and it's it's just incredibly unique i've never heard a track like this 
in my entire life. And I definitely recommend go on iTunes. You can listen to this whole album. It's called the Demon Blade Arrange uh, album. And it's it's so good. There's other tracks that I thought about playing and I chose this one, but it's phenomenal. That is great. I, I think this will be sort of an interesting segue into my uh, next piece. Okay. I think... Uh, going from what I did with that um, Air Fortress music that we described as being sort of classical, this is going to be um, another take on that, a more recent look on doing something classical in video game music. I'm going to play something from Austin Wintry's incredible score to Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Very nice. Um, this game came out in 2015. and what's Have we played something from this? Uh, we have not actually. Wow. Uh, it's quite a long that score. <laughs> and what's interesting about Assassin's Creed Syndicate is it's a much more stripped down kind of chamber sound than what you'd expect in a typical big budget game. And I think it very much fits the aesthetic of the series where there's a heavy emphasis on story and history mm-hmm. and kind of immersing you in a world and a period. Austin Wintry's score is sounds a lot like 20th century concert music and most of the score features a string quartet sometimes mixed with um you know larger string sections like a chamber sound and other woodwind or brass instruments Mm -hmm. but the heart and core of the score is basically string quartet and sometimes piano and it's really interesting writing like i'm reminded of composers like uh bella bartok and um even other like some of it kind of reminds me of like the Ravel uh, string mm. quartets and uh, it's just it's it's really but it's of that period kind of early 20th century nice. post romantic kind of stuff and it's really rich writing and what I like about it is it definitely doesn't sound like other things I've heard Austin Wintory doing but he's sure. not necessarily just kind of like phoning in a kind of modern action score it's very classical and it's very rich and kind of contemporary cool. but it also doesn't sound anything like you know Journey or Flower or Abzu or anything I've ever heard from him so I'm really excited to play this track it's called Waltzing on Rooftops and Cobblestones let's take a listen Thank you. 
That's great. This is Waltzing so on good. Rooftops and Cobblestones, composed by Austin Wintry. I know what you mean. It doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard from him. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard in a video game. I mean, it's so yeah. much like concert music, and it's wonderful writing. I mean, for string quartets, I mean, it's so cool. I don't know if he has experience writing a lot of, you know, string quartets in school or um, what his experience with that is, but he, he clearly one. studied a lot of great literature. What I love about this is the one element of this that feels like it it fits for a modern interactive score is the percussion. Isn't that one element that does feel a little bit different than what you maybe would hear in that era? It seems yeah, like he's I mean, kind it, of it adding that on top that, of that. That part of it doesn't sound like... I mean, you definitely don't have percussion in a string quartet. But that's but so But yet, cool. if you compare it to the kind of overblown sound of so many games, it's like... Exactly. This is such an acoustic it's still, sound. It's still tasteful, yeah. Um, and that's what I like about it. He's actually able to make something small sound lou- louder and larger than you'd expect, as opposed to mm-hmm. kind well, of maybe the Now, I should maybe know this, but do you know what's going on with that percussion? I'm trying to hear like what is actually being played there's a lot of really interesting instruments being played there. I imagine there's some, it sounds like a lot of like ethnic uh, percussion. Mm-hmm. I know the game takes place in London. Um, and so I'm curious if Austin was studying some um, British composers like, you know, Benjamin Britten or William Walton or something like that. Right. I don't think the game takes place in the 20th century. Yeah, we, we should so, give a little disclaimer that we don't have time to play the whole piece of music. This is an example of yeah. something that's not looping. In the game... It, and the soundtrack is really long and full of lots of really interesting music. I, it was a hard t- choice for me to decide because this is written in an idiom that is very different from a lot of the music we play. So I, I couldn't just go mm. with like, what's the catchiest melody or right. what has the best groove? Like it, it's really kind it's of artful, about. specific stuff. So, I mean, I tried to go with a track that I thought covered sort of the gamut of kind of the advanced string techniques and things you know it's a very contrapuntal writing it's very dissonant and really nice arranging i'm just i'm so fascinated by it i really think it's an achievement just for Mm -hmm. video games as an art form well i'm going to play a track next that could not be more different from that this is classic video game music sound here uh it is a little bit more modern Um, But this is from a composer that I am a really big fan of, Manabu Namiki, who's a composer that almost exclusively works uh, with arcade shooters, like Mm -hmm. shoot-em-ups, and does a lot of really exciting, um, energetic music uh, for that genre. Now, the title of this game, it it feels like someone's trying to play a prank on me. Like, a lot of times I have a hard time pronouncing these lawn titles. This is literally the title of this game. All right, here we go. Dodonpachi... Sai Dai Ao Jiao. That's the name of the game. Dodon Pachi Sai Dai Ao Jiao. And I'm going to play stage one, which is also known uh, as Ran. And again, this is composed by Manabu Namiki. Let's take a listen.
It's interesting, with a lot of my picks today, I kind of went into this uh, interesting wormhole on YouTube of exploring this little bit more uh, obscure Japanese video game music that has a lot of EDM influence. And you can hear that in a track like this, but I do think the melody writing is really solid. This part here, uh, I really particularly liked because it, it feels like Japanese folk music melodies, but being played with these you know modern synths sure. um, with an EDM presentation. Um, yeah, this is this is the kind of like electronic music that that I really enjoy listening to. Something that's really funky and groovy, but also just has a really good melody. Yeah, um, and a bit of a jazz fusion um, vibe as well. Will, what are your what are your thoughts on this track? The melody reminds me of Mexican Mission from Time Splitters. Oh, interesting. interesting. Oh my gosh, you're totally right about that. I never noticed that. It's a lot jazzier than that track. Yeah. But it also has that kind of four on the floor like techno dance feel. I love the the uh, production of this. And yeah, this, me this too. This is just something that kind of has something for everyone. Like some people might enjoy the groove of it. Some people might enjoy. Ooh, you know the what that little modulation reminded me of, Carl? Can you guess? Rockman Forte, Sonic Mega Collection. <laughs> Everything reminds Everything you of Sonic reminds Mega. Me of Sonic you know what Mega that collection. that Assassin's Creed track really screamed Mega Collection. When to something me. takes a surprising leap to a borrowed chord and it's a major seventh, it ah. makes me think of Sonic Mega Collection. Especially if it's I wonder kind of if synth-y, that means fusiony. That was the first time you heard those moves, maybe in your life. I think so, but Could've it's been. also I don't know. It's not like the most common thing in the world. It's very specific to have this kind of production with that kind of. Jazz harmony. It happens with Japanese video game composers. I'll definitely say <laughs> That's that. That's certainly true. All right. What do we got from you, bud? Well, I'm going to be playing a track from uh, the most recent um, the most recent game by uh, Supergiant, Supergiant Games. And that means, of course, it's going to be another soundtrack <laughs> composed by the wickedly talented <laughs> Adele Dazim. No, Darren Korb. Uh, who we've had on the show before who, Love who's Darren. just such a breath of fresh air in video game music uh, I, I, I consider him to be sort of like a composer producer because like a lot of his scores so much of the appeal of it has to do with kind of like how he utilizes his musical tools and like the recording and the engineering part of it yeah. I think is is really interesting and uh, shows so much creativity. I, another thing that I love about Darren Korb's soundtracks for Supergiant is they almost all feature really incredible songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pyre is no exception. Uh, what's interesting about this game is it has kind of this medieval Dungeons and Dragons kind of sound. And a lot of the songs have that kind of folklore feeling imbued into the style and the lyrics themselves. Um, And so a track like this, uh, I'm going to be playing a song called Bound Together, which Mm -hmm. actually is sort of like a vocal duet. Nice. Um, And it has that that girl, Ashley, who sang on some of his other stuff. Um, But what's interesting is just, I don't know, the mixture of like the kind of acoustic sound with this almost like 80s... I don't know what you'd call it kind of uh, medieval inspired like rock really reminded me of tenacious D actually. And uh, I don't know. I love this song. I I hope that um, you enjoy it too, Carl. Let's take a listen to bound together composed by Darren Korb from the game Pyre. Their journey began on a barren waste where the reader arrived. Afraid and alone 
I can't to... unhear that. Well, why'd you have to say Tenacious D? <laughs> well, there's something about Darren's it's voice so and his low register. It reminds me of Jack I mean, Jack okay, Black. we should be clear. That's not uh, an insult. We love Tenacious I D. Love and I actually think D. the music that they write is really well written. Oh, completely. Um, and so this does remind me of, of maybe what they were kind of going for, right. which is this really over-the-top kind of medieval rock. Right. Uh, you know, even things like Led Zeppelin, when you listen to the lyrics of a lot of Led Zeppelin, right. it's kind of yeah, about like, the exactly. misty mountains and things like that. Um, so it kind of has that going for it. A very interesting choice for a video game. Very different from uh, the stuff that he had done before for Supergiant. So yeah, every game so far from him has definitely been its own tone and this is continuing that for sure. This is yeah. great. I just I, I think it also maybe reminds me of Tenacious D because of how earnest it is. And Tenacious yeah. D is kind of sort of this tongue in cheek thing, but the songwriting is so like it just I feel like a lot of people wouldn't write songs earnestly in that style, which I think is a shame because it's such a great melody and again really well written harmonies. I love the sound of their two voices together. It's always a treat to get Ashley and Darren to sing together. I just love that on his soundtracks he's just he himself what other composer gets to sing songs on all of right. his soundtracks it's, it's a joy if you want to know the specific tenacious d song it reminds me of it's the song wonder boy yeah wonder boy yep what it's is quite the similar of your power all right so this is the last pick of mine today and i'm excited to go retro here it's been a while on the playlist i've been, done a lot of modern stuff but i'm gonna go back to Ganbar Goemon 2. Oh, wow. Okay. For the Famicom. And Will, if you had to guess, who do you think composed this for the Famicom? You might not remember, but it is a Konami series. I don't know, man. I'm Michiro sorry. Michiro Yamane. Oh. Composed Ganbar Goemon 2. Um, huh. In a style that she uh, never really went back to again. So um, it doesn't sound like Symphony of the Night. Not at all. Uh, it's really delightful, kind of that classic poppy Japanese traditional so there's not folk like, music. Of all the dreams, <laughs> flying high no. above the night never ends. <laughs> you know that in Pyre, they actually did a version of that as well. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is called um, Chogoku from Ganbar Goemon 2. And this is so awesome. I love this. Enjoy. short loops on the Famicom 
has all the textbook elements of the Gonbar Goemon series, those harmonized pentatonic runs. Um, be really dancey. This this one literally has like a four on the floor like dance beat to it. Um, the funky octave bass line. Uh, it's just everything that I love about the Gonbar Goemon series. It's just so fun and silly and plucky, and it just makes me incredibly happy. Yeah. God, this is outstanding. It's so I good. can't believe we didn't play this on our episode. No, yeah, we played another track, which is also really good from Gonbar Goemon 2, but this one, not only did we not play, I forgot about it, and I kind of revisited it because I was like, you know what? I know we played something on that episode, but there's probably other great stuff. We've got to do another one of those episodes where we play things. It doesn't need to be like a, how did we miss this? But you know, there's so many times we'll do a yeah. spotlight or we'll do something on a soundtrack, but we don't necessarily think to bring it in for show and tell because it's not something new. Yeah. yeah, let's do another leftovers. Yeah, those are always a lot of fun. Yeah, Gunbar Goemon, just no matter what kind of mood I'm in, it's just listening to it always brings a smile to my face, so... Great All right, choice. it looks like that is it. So Will has his last uh, pick is going to be the playout. We have a couple plugs here to mention. If any of you guys have been following on our social media, the listener show and tell has been kind of insane. Uh, we promoted that we we're going to be doing a listener show and tell in April uh, and start sending your picks. And within about 24 hours, maybe a little more than 24 hours, we had to close submissions because we already got more than we can actually include on the episode, which is crazy. I remember in past years, it took over, it took weeks to get to that point. So we're, we're very thrilled with uh, you know the, the fan base being so excited and, and energetic. And I do think our fan base has been growing over the years. Um, but yeah, so we definitely are going to be probably doing more listener show and tell episodes because of that. Maybe we and can plan we to do another one this change, summer. Yeah, the rules of it. Because what we try to do is, because what's been sort of fun in the past is we try not to listen to the music. Yes. Because we really want it to be listener show and tell you guys bringing in tracks. So for but that, I think that's kind of unrealistic at this point going forward. Well, yeah, because because of that, it's first come, first serve. Yeah. Where we don't want to cut anything. But um, then that also makes it unfair for for people who maybe don't aren't on our Facebook or mm-hmm. you know they don't have a way of hearing it. So I think this episode we're still going to go with our first people who responded to us. But, but fear not because if you are disappointed that yours didn't get in, we'll try to do another one maybe this summer and maybe that one we can try to change it up where this time we do listen to everything and we try to pick what we consider were the best picks maybe. Right. Try to make it fair so that everyone gets sort of a a shot at getting their track on. I mean, we really like doing these episodes for you guys. Yeah. Um, as just a thank you for all of your generous So that's going to be really fun. So that's coming up uh, in April. We also have a lot of other great episodes coming up. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing a Mercado Radio episode, which will be a lot of fun. I know some of you guys enjoy those. That's where we just have a nonstop collection of gay music without our insane jabbering <laughs> throughout the whole thing. Um, and yeah, like we said, this one we're kind of cutting close. Will is in town for Easter weekend. Uh, and so we were able to do this in person. Uh, so next week we'll give us some some time to regroup and take a little breath. And yeah, like Will said, he is approaching his graduation from uh, UMD, which means that we'll have some more time to be, you know, in the same city with each other. So that'll be a lot of fun. Well, and yeah, there's just lots of exciting things happening these days. Carl, that's you, true. You recently uh, you mentioned, I believe you called her your girlfriend. Um, but you've reached sort of oh, a, no. an historic milestone. I made a mistake there. Yeah. Just so the actually, day. lovely Mercado listeners, last night I actually got engaged 
to my lovely fiance now, uh, Josefa. So that's very exciting news. Uh, so now I am engaged, which still feels surreal and crazy to say that. And but I, very I, can, exciting. I can vouch for she's absolutely lovely. Um, I, you know, I approve of this union. <laughs> so, Will, she had an idea, and I thought this would be really fun. At some point, maybe this summer, we should do a bonus episode called like Better Halves, where uh-huh. both of our better halves come on and like just have some sort of fun episode where maybe. Maybe they share games they've played or music that they've enjoyed. Uh, I just think that might be kind of an that interesting fun. episode. We should also, we also need to get Alvina involved. Uh, and then we could have the all show. six. Yeah, that would be that Yeah, would be we cool. need to get a bigger interface. All right. So I think with that, we're going to move on to Will's last pick for the playout. Will, what are you playing us out with today? I'm going to be playing out with another track from Chojin Sentai Jetman. Um, and this is... Uh, such a great melody. I really hope that you guys will stick around and listen to it because this sounds like a classic sort of stage theme, but it's actually the final battle piece of music <laughs> in uh, the game. I really enjoy it. This is another track by Hiroyuki Iwatsuki Taru. Radical. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, this was another fun time. Thanks for so bringing fun. in great tracks, man. Yeah, likewise, man. We both killed it today. I think we did some of our best playouts we've had in a long time, so this is great. All right, enjoy this play out. I think that's just about it. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Oh, yeah. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>